Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Yappin' With Us. Today is a very special day as we will be reviewing the last book in the Infernal Devices trilogy, Clockwork Princess by Cassandra Clare. Be prepared for this one. It's a tearjerker. Anyways, the question we left off with last week was, if you were cursed, what would you do? If I had Will's curse, the very first thing I would do is cry. Um, literally, I would cry a lot, just so much tears. And then I would go tell my mother and force her to fix all of my problems while I hide in my house. Um, maybe I'd sage my room, light a bit of incense to get rid of the bad juju. And then, yeah, there will be no self-sacrificing heroism here, folks. I will simply freak out and then go into a massive panic. Okay, so my answer really depends on my mood. Depends on how I'm feeling. <laughs> on one hand um I feel like I would have a a similar reaction to Avika and that I would cry but on the other hand I would pretend like it did not happen and when people start dying I'd be like wow this is so strange I'm so bamboozled must be something in the air (laughs) yeah but the thing is if this was Will's curse I wouldn't even actually be cursed so only one person dead and then I would just act normal, act like I had nothing to do with it, and then I'll be fine. So your principle here is fake it till you make it. Yep. Honestly? Yeah, I see that. I see that. I would definitely cry, though. No doubt about it. Oh, I would cry myself to sleep at night. (laughs) (laughs) I would just cry myself to sleep. That's all. That's it. Yeah, but in front of people, I would show a brave, brave face. Would you act normal or would you act like a dick like Will? No, I would act normal. Yeah, because you're already a dick. (laughs) I'm just kidding. That was a joke that presented itself and I just took the opportunity. I just took it. I think we can proceed with the pot synopsis now. Simran, she's looking at me. It looks so, so hurt. I'm kidding. Anyways. Uh, Set in 19th century London, things start to come to a head as Mortmain becomes more and more desperate to get his hands on Tessa so that he may enact his revenge on all Shadowhunters for slaughtering his family. I didn't put nefarious in there just for you. That's like, I only get the nefariouses. Yeah, I only put the word nefarious in there when it's somewhere in writing the plot synopsis or reading it. Anyways. The gang at the London Institute grows as Will's sister, Cecily, and the Lightwood brothers, Gideon and Gabriel, join their ranks. Will's curse was found out to be fake, but he can't be with the one he loves because Tessa is engaged to Jem, despite the fact that Jem's health worsens every day. When Mortmain makes a desperate grab for Tessa outside the Institute with his automatons, the gang gets the tip they needed as to where he was staying, but at a high cost. This is the final installment of the Infernal Devices trilogy, and let me tell you, the epilogue will destroy your soul. Yeah, I really wasn't doing well after I read that. No, like, I have never seen Simran cry, or I never even heard of her crying from a book. She didn't even cry in the Song of Achilles, but she cried in this. Yeah, I think I cried, I mean, with not in Clockwork Angel, but Prince and Princess. You cried in Prince for why? Um, that's a great question. <laughs> oh, when Will was telling Tessa that he loved her. Oh. And he was like, all right, sorry, <laughs> engaged. Sorry. I'm engaged to your best friend. That made me cry. That was really sad. But honestly, Clockwork Princess, like, this was my favorite book in the Infernal Devices trilogy, and arguably one of my favorite books that Cassie's ever written. Like, I. 
literally, I can find very few faults with this masterpiece. And I want to get this entire book tattooed on my body so that I can have it with me forever. You don't. Yeah, I do. No, you don't. I want to become a walking clockwork princess. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe well, not the Kader Idris scene because that's a little bit spicy. I don't yeah, know if I imagine. Imagine having that <laughs> tattooed on you. Honestly, I don't know if I want that. I have to agree. This book was like one of the best things I've ever read. Yeah. Um, that's okay. also coming from a very biased place, but I am telling you my opinion, so therefore it will be biased anyways. True. Um, I loved all the characters. They were all just... I did not like Jessamine. Like, I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion, but her character arc, I thought, was super unnecessary and a waste of space. Like, she should have just stayed in the Bone City. Um, also, she died. She did die. And, again, I said this, I think, in the last two books as well. That happened much earlier on in the book than I had remembered. It was so random. Like, it just kind of plopped in there. Like, oh, Jessamine's coming back from the Bone City. Like, despite the fact that she literally betrayed the Shadowhunters and caused them, you know, multiple Shadowhunter deaths and was an Well, she was a narc. She was a dirty yeah. narc. And they let her out of Asylum City? Why? Why? And she didn't even want to be a part of this world. So let's just throw her out on the streets. Yeah, Charlotte, like, Charlotte's such a queen, but she was really, really nice for letting Jessamine come back. And honestly, it was probably a good thing that she died. Could, can, can you imagine her if she was alive and just chilling there with the rest of the gang? No, and I don't want to imagine it. She would be such, a, she's such a shit disturber. Like, yeah. I don't, no. The only time that I kind of liked her was at the end when she said, like, William, a girl cannot propose to herself. You've taken Tessa on too many carriage rides. Like that was the that was a good push that Will needed. Still, un- again, maybe another unpopular opinion. I like Jem's proposal better than Will's. I don't know if that's unpopular because I have to agree with you. Um, and like his was just a lot more poetic. Jem's and like Will's was all about. I will love you until I die, like blah, 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 until I die. And honestly, that's kind of insensitive because Tessa's immortal. Not that he's unaware of that. He literally knows that she's immortal and he's just talking about death. Maybe that's why it's like so important to him because for his whole life. But then that's kind of selfish. Not for her her whole life because she's moved on in the epilogue. I'm kidding. It's not that she moved on, but... I'm glad that they all got a happy ending with her. Yeah, I think this was the best possible outcome for all three of them. But like back to the proposal. Okay, I still I have a bone to pick with it. The whole time they're talking about how good Will was with words and how he would like always say things and whatever. But Sumi, I think Jem is better with words. Yeah, you know what Jem is better with? Kind of everything. When he wrote (laughs) Tessa a song, I... I, I think know. I died internally. Like, I know. get you a man's. Like, I can't. Like, the fact that he didn't think he was good enough with words, that he wrote her a whole song. And he was like, it's just for you. Like, like no I one will ever have, hear this. Yeah. I want you to have something that no one else will hear. That, like, this is ruining my standards for men. Absolutely. It's just demolished. This is why I hate closing a book. Because it's just my re-entrance into this 
world and I don't like it here. Yeah. I mean, the boys will not make me a song on their violin. They're not playing the violin. No. And I don't want that. I want I want to a SoundCloud to you. And it'll be awful. It'll be so bad. <laughs> Why would you say that? That's that's <laughs> the modern day equivalent. That's so ugly. Oh my god. Can you imagine like a guy giving you a book with like a cute inscription on it? It'd be like, sup, sup, bro. Thought you would like this. XOXO. And that's throw up. Yeah. And then honestly, okay. Another thing. When Tessa got the <laughs> I'm like literally laughing. Um, when Will dropped off the book at Tessa's door, every single time he does that, and like he like runs away. <laughs> like when she opens the door, he's gone. I just imagine him like violently sprinting away from her door. So he tries to like be all mysterious and disappear. I don't know why he can't just hand it to her, but anyways, um, that inscription, like it was nice, but it wasn't anything special. You know? Yeah. I the him running away thing, I feel like it's so much more <laughs> suspicious than if he just walked away and they're like, Oh hey, what are you doing here? You're gonna be like, oh, I'm checking on Jem, you know, Jem, who lives right, right across. Yeah, but at this point, Jem was, was gone. Oh, right. <laughs> I mean, I just feel like there's a lot more excuses that he could have used than him running away like a lunatic. Yeah, I think him running away like a lunatic and like her opening the door to emptiness was a little, like, at, like when I first read this as a child... I thought that was so romantic. I'm like, oh my God, he just like dropped it at her door. But then the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, why didn't you just hand it to her like a man? You know? Right. Okay. So the more that we think about it, like Jem is just doing a lot better romantically in my romantic standards, you know? Like Will, of course, love him to death. We'll always love him. Team Will forever. But Jem just hit different this time. It's probably, and again, I'm sorry, Stephanie. Like, I just have to bring it back. To- That's really eating you up, eh? It is, you know? Like, she'll never know. She'll never know that she was right. Honestly, I think I think us being team Jem is maturity. Because, you know, when I first read this as an angry 14-year-old, I was like, oh my god, the angst. William, oh my god. You no, know? This part. Is that I defended him in Clockwork Angel. And that was before I knew he was Kurt. Yeah. Like, that was... It's kind of... It kind of... um, Like, it it brings to light your own toxic nature. Because you're willing to forgive someone who literally called another person a dirty whore. Maybe I just didn't understand that when I read it. Because I must have been, like, 12. No, I definitely didn't because now that I'm reading it, I realized that it was really bad. Yeah. It was really, and I understand he said it because he was cursed, but at the same time, like, if you want to make someone hate you or not love you or whatever, you don't have to be cruel. You know, you just don't be, don't be friends with them. Just don't talk to them. Just don't be near them. You don't have to say, oh my God, you're barren. You'd be the best prostitute. (laughs) I think that's like the thing though, like, and again, me defending Will, um like he already loved her so he thought there was some reciprocation and feelings so he had to do something cruel to make sure she did not love him at all like there wasn't a chance 
if that makes sense. I know why he did it. I just don't like that he did it. And I think that that will forever taint his character for me. But honestly, okay, don't make that face at me. She's I love him so much. <laughs> I, know, I really liked the um the ending. Like after they came back from Kader Idris, which honestly, I used to think that scene was so spicy, but rereading it, it's really not. It's like zero out of five spice. <laughs> like, I mean, but Cassandra Clare doesn't write too much spice in her books. No, I mean the spice is implied. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, like, explicit. It's not Sarah J. Mass. Um, even, like, that's not that much. No, not even. But it's, you know, it's definitely less less out there. But honestly, like, I don't think that Will and Tessa, you know, banging in Kadir Idris was part of their characters. Like, I just don't think that's something they would have done. I think that's just something Cassie added in there for the spice aspect. But, like, knowing their characters, I just don't think they would have done that. Okay, so, like, <laughs> I do have to agree that rationally their characters would not do that, but they weren't being rational in that moment because Jem had just died. To them, Jem had just died. Yeah. So, like, they're going to act foolish. They're going to act irrationally. Also, Jem becoming a silent brother, like, I know we've read it, so it's less of a surprise for us rereading it. Mm-hmm. but that seemed kind of dumb <laughs> like he is so weak mm, he can't be a like a silent brother they said mm-hmm. that in either book one or two that it wasn't a possibility for him yeah. to do that and then all of a sudden they're like oh no we tried it it worked yeah we didn't know it would work but it worked okay I think we should start getting into the plot holes of this book because that one that is a plot hole okay and another plot hole is him becoming normal at the end like how how why for what like I understand for what okay I take that back but how (laughs) I think that there's a lot of things that Cassie makes just happen really easily that don't make sense with previous statements like we're gonna bring up my favorite word um deus ex machina no 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 I just don't want it here it's here it's here to stay Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so he, like they said, it wasn't an option for him to be a silent brother because the process would kill him, but it miraculously worked. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, fine. And I think at this point, everyone has read The Mortal Instruments. Yeah, you would think. Yeah. Especially if you listen to our previous episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, spoiler alert Jace and him survive having heavenly fire in them. Yeah. No. No. Jace, okay, a little bit understandable. He had angel blood, so he survived it. Okay, sure. But Jem, no. Yeah, and also, this is um, this just came to me. So when, uh, in the epilogue, not only is he no longer a silent brother, but he's no longer a shadow hunter, and he's somehow still immortal? I don't think he's immortal. You don't think? No, he's mortal. He's gonna die. Oh, gosh, darn. Which is even worse. Like, not even worse, but it's pretty bad. And also, is his hair black again? Yeah, his hair's black and his eyes are brown. No, no, no. Um, As much as I love, like, 
I love Jem. I love his whole, the way he acts and everything he does. But his look is just the silver hair and the silver eyes. And I need to keep that look picture in my mind. And I don't want anything else. I love how like, oh, do you have loss of pigment in your skin, eyes, and hair? Become a shadow, or no, become a silent brother. Then not become a silent brother. That'll bring your pigment right back. Right? Like, like it doesn't so really weird. I don't know. It it also shouldn't have happened. And how is he not a shadow hunter anymore? Because it's in his blood. I know you and it's that's a major plot hole. I just I don't And know. it's also majority, like it's dominant mm-hmm. to mundane blood. Mm-hmm. And City of Heavenly Fire just burnt that out of him, but you're also telling me at the same time that it didn't burn it out of Jace. True, true. And also, like, didn't they, like, take his eyeballs and sew his mouth shut? How does he... No. He was didn't for that. No. This is what I don't understand. Like, the Silent Brothers are a group of deadly warriors who are meant to look a certain way. Like, they don't seem like the type of people to stray from tradition. Why would they want Jem? Jem is not like other Silent Brothers. (laughs) Stop. You're making Jem seem like a big mean girl. He, like... He just, like, I understand that he's not like other shadow hunters or not uh, like other Silent Brothers, but I just don't understand why they would want him. Like, if I was the head of the Silent Brothers and I saw this, like, little weak little twig man, I'd be like, mm, I'm so sorry, but you're just going to have to die. I feel like they're less, maybe toxic's not the right word, exclusive than you think. I feel like becoming a Silent Brother is a choice that not many people make. So if this man is like, I'm dying, can you just try? Then they're like, okay well we're running out of people anyways that's not his like choice because you would think like silent brothers like i choose to give my life in service to the brotherhood but Gemma's kind of just like i don't want to die make me a silent brother (laughs) (laughs) she just stuck her tongue out and did the peace sign okay no Gemma would firstly never do that you don't know that um Jem, Jem's whole transition and then not transition into a brother and then into immortal, very gray, blurry, plot holy. Okay, let's move on to Mortmain. Another plot hole that I will gladly talk about for hours. Okay, firstly, he was a bad villain. He was not enjoyable as a villain to me at all. And okay, I just want to, I just want to make it very clear. Like it's to my understanding that he just wants Tessa so that she may change into his father and then his father can help Mortmain tie demon energies to automatons, right? Right. I have so much to say about that. Firstly, that is the dumbest plan I've ever heard in my freaking life. Okay. Calm down. Um, (laughs) Or don't calm down. You know, it's up to you, honestly. But the thing is, he spent let's say 40 years on this plan yeah ballpark he well, had because to- he had to wait for firstly he had to wait for the changelings to be changed okay he had to wait for adele starkweather to become elizabeth gray and then elizabeth gray to to grow up and get married and then the conception of tessa and then tessa to grow up that's a long ass time yeah exactly okay so we'll say 40 years because lifespan is short um mm-hmm. but then in those 40 years, did he not try to solve it himself? I mean, you would think. You would think. And honestly, like, if all he needed was to contact his father, 
like how many spells are there for one like necromancy or maybe like accessing um his father's memories or maybe like doing another spell to try to like talk to his father one last time yeah there are honestly a lot of options here that he didn't take and it seems like a flaw on his part like genuinely if I had to wait 40 years to get answers to like how to put the demon energy into these automaton I feel like I would have started working on them during the 40 years like try to figure it out myself in case this doesn't pan out because who's to say that he will actually get Tessa like so many things could have gone wrong but she could have drowned like the boat could have sunk and she could have freaking drowned so I'm thinking like if his whole oh, no thing- she could not have because she had the angel I just True. forgot about that so she would have survived all of that but it just seems like a bad thing to put all your eggs in one basket and that basket to be two infants for the first being um Elizabeth like her mom mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then this mm-hmm. there's just a lot of variables and like that's my second thing like if your whole goal like your whole point of existence is revenge on the shadow hunters who killed your parents I'm pretty sure making an army of neither heaven nor hell it's a great way to do it I'll give him that but it's not the only way to do it like could he not just you know set everyone on fire or just use his regular automatons <laughs> His regular automatons were doing fine. Honestly, like, if he would have just made more of them, they would have killed, you know, the Shadowhunters just fine. That's true. That is you know? true. Like, why did he need to tie the demon energies? And also, since he was so savvy in magic, why didn't he, like, team up with the demons? Like, why didn't he pull a Sebastian and be like, hey, y'all, demons, you don't like Shadowhunters? Me neither. Let's kill them. That's fair. He, um, I don't know what to say about him. I just think he was, like, a lot. Like, he just, he put his, all his energy into this one extremely long plan that did not have to happen. Yeah. Like, he could have literally done anything else, but he didn't. He oh. was, like, a dog with a bone. What? Um, That guy, the Starkweather that died. Yeah. I forget his name. Aloysius? Sure. The old <laughs> man. I felt bad that him and Tessa didn't get to, like, talk while he knew that she was his great-granddaughter. Yeah, it was, like, it was really sad what happened to the Starkweathers, but honestly, like, that man was not a nice man. He was a nasty old man, so I don't really feel ways. Yeah, but his family died. Yeah, but he also, like, killed a lot of innocent downworlders. They're evil. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Aloysius, is that you? <laughs> also, yeah, that's so problematic. All the spoils that they take. It's literally disgusting. Not just the spoils, but keeping body parts was just a yeah. bit much for me. Yeah. Um, I think that this Aloysius, if that's how you say it, Starkweather thing, was very... Like, we saw it before. I don't know if you remember, but Imogen, Herondale. Yeah. And Jace. Like, she realized in the moments right before her death who she was, who he was. You can tell Cassandra likes to recycle. Yeah, and it's yeah. kind of um, embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, I just thought about that right now. Look at you. The cogs are turning in her brain. 
Okay, moving on to my last offense against Mortmain. Okay, this is my last plot hole that I can think of right now. Um, how in the world? So, like, if Tessa is the only creature of her kind, she's only ever been the only creature of her kind. How did Mortmain know so much about her powers? Like, I get if he knew, like, the general idea of what her powers would be based on, like, who her father is, but he didn't just know generally what she would be able to do. She, he knew everything about her powers and how they would manifest, and he even knew to ask the Dark Sisters trainer. I think this is just something that you have to, like, extend your disbelief even further for, that he just, like, his plan lined up so well. For, like, he was kind of dumb for not having, like, a little backup thing going on. Yeah. As dumb as that was, his plan was smooth sailing for 40 years. Everything was coming into, up for me. Until he turned into some something he spread on toast. Yeah, like, yeah. that's, if you overlook that, yes, everything was coming up more main. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everything, it really was. And honestly, I think he got a little comfortable. He got a little cocky there. Honestly, I would too in his position. That's true. He, he was, was always 10 everyone. steps ahead. He was fooling everyone. Oh my god. What? Benedict turning into a worm. Oh, my, how did we forget about that whole scene? Oh my, my god. And the way that Will says light worm instead of light wood after that, 10 out of 10. I honestly, love that. When I first read this, I thought it had to be the funniest thing ever. And honestly, I'm really proud of the growth that Gabriel showed. Dude. Gabriel and Cecily, I was obsessed with their love story. I was honestly obsessed with Gideon and Sophie too. The scones, him ordering scones just to see her. Okay, that, that's what I don't understand. Why didn't you, why did you put it under your bed? Why didn't you just like order scones and then like, you know, throw it out the window? Oh, yeah, okay, don't put it under your bed or just order something you like. Like no, just... he, he was he was addled. His brain was addled by love, Samarin. Okay. Sorry I have more brain cells than Gideon. But oh I just thought it was really cute. And when Sophie was all mad, I was like, oh, Sophie, shut oh. up. And she's like, how do you spe- feel about sponge cake? Oh, I was like. Oh, my so God. I died a little bit inside when she said that. I just loved, I loved how we got to watch all of them fall in love. Like the switched POVs, I was obsessed with it because yes, Will, Tessa, and Jen's love triangle was angsty and fabulous, but Charlotte and Henry were so cute. So were Cecily and Gabriel and Gideon and Sophie, and it was just 10 out of 10. Agreed. One of my favorite things in this book, though, had to be Charlotte. Like she was just killing the game. Like everyone seemed to be working against her I know I like just Josiah Wayland he was literally basically saying Charlotte is stupid and shouldn't have any rights the whole time and And he was getting the poor boys to spy on her and I loved that Gideon and Gabriel were like okay we'll spy but we'll feed him false information Mm -hmm. it'll be like her hats her hats are so ostentatious (laughs) we ate like garbage for dinner and things like that I yeah think- that was really Charlotte was honestly remember when we did the episodes on the mortal instruments we were talking about how we were just lacking that strong female character Charlotte is it for me yeah like she is that badass 10 out of 10 woman who just is she's so nice but she's so scary yeah and she's honestly like breaking all the common things happening like she was the head of the institute 
Mm-hmm. She, at at the end, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she got the role as something, counsel? Consul, something like that, yeah. At the end, um, I think that's all we have. I think. Do you have anything else? Well, okay. I do want to touch on the love triangle for like two okay. seconds. Okay. That is very satisfying. It's super satisfying because, okay, the first time I read this, I was really, really sad Will died. And I was like angry. I was throwing a whole tantrum. But now it wasn't a sad death that Will had. It was a beautiful one. And he wasn't immortal. So the way that his life ended was really, like, honestly, it just, it was what Will deserved. And it was great. And then also you got Tessa and Jem in the epilogue. So for gem lovers, for will lovers, you get you get your happy ending. That's true. And then I think it's even better because um, you get to see glimpses of Jem and Tessa in future books that Cassie writes um, in present day. But you also get with the new series that she's writing, you get to see Will and Tessa. Yeah, she's really giving us crumbs like no she's not even giving us crumbs like she's giving us meals yeah everything we need right yeah and that is why I would give this book book an a plus like I'd give it an a plus plus if I could like this wasn't writing it was art the way that the words are written it caused me like physical pain but I also laughed a lot like I loved every single couple in this book which is super rare normally I hate at least one of them and um, this was the perfect ending to the trilogy, even if it did rip my soul out of my body. The only bone I have to pick with this is that every time I think about rereading the epilogue, it makes me want to cry. I agree. I strongly agree. Um, <laughs> I would give this book an A+. I think I died when I read this. And honestly, when I first read this, I was thinking back and I was like, why did I cry so much? Because I was like, I'm so sad that Will is dead. And I was like, why, Simran? That doesn't even make sense because he had such a good death. Like, it wasn't like he got murdered. But it still plucks on your heartstrings, you know? It's still sad because you loved him so much. Yeah, but then when I reread it, I still bawled. Yeah. It, it, you get a lot of feels because you... I guess a lot of it's also happy tears because I'm so yeah. happy for him. Yeah, but I'm also so sad. Yeah, I mean, read at your own risk, but definitely I recommend reading. <laughs> well, hopefully you've already read the book at yeah. this point. Also, uh, Yeah, very true. Very, very true. All right. That is all we have for you guys today. Um, thank you so much for listening and make sure to follow at Yappin with us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Thanks for listening and we will meet you in another book world.